Welcome to the Rediscovering Biblical Manhood podcast. We're growing men who fear the Lord, but do not fear our identity in Christ. The enemy is hard at work in our fallen world. So come on, join us in fighting for the restoration of men's hearts through the church, the word, and our risen Savior, Jesus. Now his older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked, What are these things that is happening? And he said to him, Your brother has come home, and your father has killed the fattened calf, because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you, and I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came home, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me. All that is mine, yours. Friends, welcome back to another episode of the Rediscovering Biblical Manhood podcast. Jay Teresi, thanks for that scripture. Chica Eloy here in the booth with you. And we're back for another week of the older brother, it sounds like, Jay, we're running into now in the beloved son theme um, of the prodigal son. Yeah, I love this series. We're exploring what does it mean to be a beloved son, and we're going through the prodigal son parable that Jesus taught. Last week, we unpacked the younger brother, the traits of the younger brother. He's the famous player in the story, but there was another brother in the story. And we're going to talk about him today, and we're going to compare and contrast these two brothers and their personalities and try to identify in ourselves, which brother am I, or in a given day or a different context in my life, brother am I being, then next week we'll unpack the father's role. And then after that, we'll close with talking about what does it look like to live as a beloved son. Let's pray. Listeners, please join Heavenly Father as we step into today's conversation. Uh, from a story that your son gave us, Lord, just we ask that you bring the spirit into this conversation, knowing that Jay and I are not Pharisees, we're not anything but two of your sons, Lord, that are just talking through your word. And, and I ask that the listeners in the conversations they have in their own head or with their families and friends, that they also speak well and speak into your will and that we can find that in all we do. We love you so much. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So the older brother, Jay, are you the eldest? I I know that you've got brothers and sisters. No, I'm the youngest in mine. So I'm the the actual younger brother in the birth order. I've got two younger sisters, so I don't even have a brother. So that makes me the eldest. (laughs) Um, and, And so as we hear you read through that scripture, a couple of things picked up for me just as you were spitting that out. One is this, this idea of the older brother going, and I can imagine that you've had this experience. Same with you listeners. Wait, what? Wait, what? What just happened? An unexpected kind of adventure unfolding in front of your eyes. And then there's the reaction or response, whichever whichever part you fall into, of that um, reaction or response to that behavior by the older brother. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Last week, we unpacked the younger brother and we talked about how selfish he was and how he was trying to live life on his own terms. He refused to submit to the process, to tradition, to all these things. 
And it's real easy to pick those things out about the younger brother. But when we start to look at the older brother, we see something very, very interesting. Initially, this might resonate with a lot of people. Yeah, I just try to do the right thing. I never break the rules. I live on the straight and narrow. Like it's not fair what happened to that older brother. But let's just take a step back for a second. Shockingly, we see the older brother exhibiting the exact same behaviors. Back to the context, right? First century Jewish culture. This older brother forces his father to leave a party, to come outside and beg him to go in. That is extraordinarily offensive in that culture where you don't disobey your parents. The other thing we have to remember is the father is now actually living on the older brother's land. He's already divided up his inheritance, meaning father has nothing. He's a guest now on his older son's property. The older son probably got two thirds of the property in this parable. His dad's living there now, him, because he's given up all that he has when the younger brother broke apart the tradition. And so that's why he says, but everything I have is yours. The the older brother, like the younger brother, is refusing to submit, is (laughs) refusing to be humble. He uses the term slave. He says to his father, I've been a slave for you. Woe is you. Woe is you. He said, I come in out of the field. I'm working so hard. Well, hang on. That's actually your field now. It's so true, Jay. And just as you were speaking, this is a side note. We may have to come back to this, but I was even thinking about how I've grown in my marriage. And at the start of my marriage, little things like, well, I did the dishwasher. I made the bed. I did the laundry. Like hearing that from myself or from my wife, it's almost this competition feel, right? And I think coming back to this story, Jesus tags the elder brother. Um, and the point that, you know, he was trying to drive home was that the younger brother wasn't the only one that was showing at the time this disregard for the father, but both sons were lost, right? They were equally in need and equally striding, striving, should I say, for, for the need to be found by the father or at least seen. And so this whole elder brother syndrome, it's so complicated yet simple, right? It's so interesting yet, duh. Right, this idea that um, a, a sinner, a sinner being a person on this earth, a sinner in the story being, you know, both of them, this idea of the younger brother being the risk taker and the elder brother being the person that is the rule keeper. So I know that as you look through your kids, Jay, and I could probably look through yours, you look through mine, I know which ones are the rule keepers, and I definitely know which ones are the risk takers. Yeah, that's exactly right. I have four kids. And you see these traits and what jumps off right away when you're examining the older brother is his self-righteousness. He's so self-righteous, which is pride. And pride is, is one of the largest sins there is, you know, sins are not on an equal weighting. Like it's in sin is sin in God's eyes. But he said, pride goeth before the fall. Pride is the granddaddy of all sins. This older brother is so self-righteous. That in his self-righteousness, he doesn't realize he is being as disrespectful, maybe Mm. in some ways more so than the younger brother. And he's just refusing to submit the same way the younger brother did. But it's even uglier in my mind in some cases because, I mean, he's just a jerk, right? (laughs) He's just so intolerable. I mean, he thought that because he obeyed the rules that he deserved the blessing, right? We, we used to, if you were standing up right now, Jay, and I asked you to take a, a step forward with your right foot, 
and then another step forward with your right foot. And then as I, I keep saying right, 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 you know, like we do sometimes in our lives with this pride you're talking about, literally I'm walking around in a circle because I'm only moving my right foot and my left foot is anchored to the ground. And we call that righteousness, right? And it's not the spiritual righteousness, righteousness that Jesus speaks of. It's this human sinful righteousness of I'm so prideful, I am right right now. It's like if I asked God to heal somebody with cancer because they deserved it, um, and because they've been so faithful food through the years, um, surely we've all been in those spots within our asks of of the Lord, or even our asks of our human brothers and sisters. Um, we think that it's like a contract. Because I've been good, I therefore deserve. Because I obeyed, I deserve the blessing in this case. Yeah, that's right. What we see is the older brother has not truly been serving his father. He has been operating in a way that ensures he gets what he wants, just like the younger brother did. And this comes down to, in the end, submission, right? Submission and ultimately surrender. And so if you think about one of the other series we did, Chica, around the fruit of the Spirit, how does, when does the fruit of the Spirit start to come out in us? It's when we truly surrender our lives to Jesus and we mm. say, not my will, Lord, yours, like what Jesus says in the garden. And then we go on a new adventure in our lives where the Lord is leading. Neither of these brothers is doing that. Both of these brothers are like, my will, Lord, not yours. <laughs> and they're not surrendered to their father's authority or his love or his compassion. And they're striving to get what they want. And that is whether, I love how you termed it, the older brother syndrome. You know, it's really easy. When, when, I was, when I was young, I was a younger brother for sure. And somewhere along the line, I became an older brother, a rule follower, doing the right thing you know, very loyal, going to work every day. And sometimes I would use that against my wife. Like I'd be very self-righteous when she'd say things. I go to work every day. I'm surprising, you know, providing for this family. I'm just Where trying to do the right thing. Put dinner yeah. on the table, woman. Why am I not getting promoted? Why did that <laughs> joker over there get promoted? I do the right things. I'm here every day, you know, and it's really ugly when you step back and look at it because you go, oh, I'm not surrendered. There's no spiritual fruit in either one of these boys. That's well said. And I think that this whole topic, like you're saying, the righteous peace, this idea of being selfish, it really comes down to this motive of the elder brother wanting to receive too, right? Not to show love for his father. And if listeners, if Jay, you and I kind of step back for a second, there are plenty of times in my life where I, more recently, I would say in the last decade than the decade before, where I've caught myself in a relationship, like even if it was like a friendship where this idea of truly serving the friendship versus keeping the friendship burning until I need something, right? And I'm sure that you've experienced, Jay, in your long career of friendships too, where you've got that friend or even that family member that plays nice and you're like, is there something behind your nicety right now? Because you really want something from this. It's like talking to my daughters. Why are you doing the dishes? Well, dad, I was wondering if I could go over to so-and-so's house this weekend. I'm like, aha, there it is, right? It's this whole I'm really just in this to receive. I'm not really trying to give or serve. Yeah, parents can really see this, right? My wife and I re recently had an experience with a child who had been in such awesome behavior, this and that, and they were waiting to get something big, something big. And then when we delayed that, we saw a little bit of a behavior change for a while. Wow. <laughs> and, you know, that's bounced back. But it's interesting exactly what you're talking about. The older brother, he is just as rebellious. 
as the younger brother and it comes out. But, you know, I think for all of us, as we're reflecting, if you are an older brother or and you're just realizing it now, one of the things you may harbor that this older brother harbored was resentment and resentment can lead to all kinds of bad things in our relationships. This older brother resents his father. I mean, he hates his younger brother. He doesn't even call him his younger brother. He says that son of yours is home, like not my brother's home. That son of yours is here. So, you know, you, he just has total disregard for his younger oh. brother, but he completely holds his father in disdain. And, you know, that elevates us over somebody else. Jesus says, he who wants to be first must be last. You can't be last. You can't serve. You can't even recognize what people need when you hold them in disdain. I remember when I was teaching youth group a long time ago, I saw a great example of resentment. And I don't know why it comes back to the feet. I was just doing the right, right righteousness there, Jay. But imagine if you're walking along the street and you get a little stone in your shoe. What do you typically do when you get a stone in your shoe? Pull it out. Right. You take off your shoe, you shake it out, and you maybe crash the car, or you just shake it out and whatever, <laughs> and, and it goes everywhere. Um, but typically, they're, they're, when we were younger, we may, have, if we were playing a game or something, kind of just shake our feet and shake the rock to the side. So it's still in our shoe, but just to the side. And you'll find that as you continue to run down, the, 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 the stone will come back underneath and it starts to like cut into the bottom of your foot. And so we would say resentment is kind of like that stone in your shoe, where it doesn't necessarily wear a hole in your soul, S-O-L-E, but it wears a hole in your S-O-U-L right? Because you're holding it on, you're choosing to keep it in the shoe and not dump it off to the side. And so therefore, resentment's really about you not making the choice to let go and forgive, but you to hold on and hold a grudge. Yeah, and it grows, right? It grows and it grows and it grows. Jesus says, hey, before you're going to judge somebody else, you know, take the plank out of your own eye. And what he means by that is you got to examine your life. Neither of these boys is examining their life and their behaviors and seeing each other in that. You know, there's so much going on here. And if you're an older brother, you know, our, our invitation this week is going to be, one, what is it you feel like you deserve because you have, quote unquote, played by the rules. You've been the good son. You've been the obedient son. You've been the loyal son. And what is it you think you deserve as a result of that that you haven't gotten? And who are you harboring ill will towards as a result? Who do you need to forgive? And then well, maybe, big, go ahead. No, I was going to say a big part of that, Jay, is when you say, who are you needing to forgive? Maybe it's yourself, right? Because as much as we say here, the older brother thought that the sinfulness was unforgivable, unforgivable by the younger brother, that sometimes that's a reflection on something we have yet to forgive within ourselves. Yeah, we have to sometimes forgive ourselves before we can forgive others who we feel have wronged us. And this will then lead to all kinds of opportunity in our lives for that spiritual fruit to flow out. You know, this older brother could have been so grateful. Oh, my younger brother's home. He's back. The family's intact again. We can recalibrate. We can restart. He can come and work the land with me, right? We can, we can live with our father into his old age and, and, and with dignity. You know, there's all this great opportunity that could be there, but instead this 
older brother is outside. He's pacing. He's humiliating his father in front of his father's friends yeah. after his father's already been humiliated by the younger brother who's now home. And you know when the older brother, you know when the father walked out of that party in that small village, every head turned. Where is he going? Why is he leaving the party to celebrate his younger brother? Everybody would have been acutely aware that the older brother was not in the party. It's a massive call out. That resentment, right? We we talked about the, yeah, resent the resentment of his father's joy as well. Let, let's just pause for a second, Jay, and think what news, listeners join, please, what news have you heard recently where you smiled on the outside, but inside you had that ugly thing show up, which was just like, well, how come they get that? How come that happened for them? Yeah, Chico, you're right. You know, when I see that sometimes is on LinkedIn, when I see somebody got a promotion somewhere, or some mm. big job. And it, it, it's just for the briefest of moments. And then I always have to ask myself, why Why did that happen? But somehow I always imagine that other people's jobs are better and easier and more joyful than mine, no matter when, by the way, that has been. But it's such a great call out that you're making. And it requires real examination. Where do we feel wronged in a way? And, you know, Jesus never took that position, right? And people were seriously wronging that guy. But he never took that position. He always stepped back and looked through the lens of how do I pray for them? What's broken in them? The other thing I would say is sometimes when we harbor that resentment or we act like the older brother, we miss out on the adventure God has for us. I wanted one job because that's what I thought was right. Well, what if I got another one that's building all these skills and all these paths to new things? And sometimes we lose a job only to buy a company. We don't even realize like that is what God had planned for us. And we're resentful and angry. We can't see his purpose and plan for us, we get caught up in the smaller story and the larger stories passing us right by. My wife said something insightful to me the other day, which was sometimes the strongest Christian men refuse to ask for prayer due to their pride of asking, right? And so I've been leaning into that a lot this week. And when this ugly monster comes up, instead of being that resentful person that says, well, how can they get that? And I don't get that, right? I lean into this idea of praying for that person and praying for myself and that reaction too, Jay. So that's maybe another tool that we can add to our tool belt that the Spirit's given us uh, as we think about this idea of resentment, specifically in people that we love, people that we love. What is that resentment about? So Jay, as we turn the corner, we kind of close out today, maybe you can kind of just restate what were the, the action items that you're thinking through for, for our listeners this week? So last week we talked about if you're a younger brother, you know, what are the characteristics? What are the traits? What are the things you need to seek forgiveness on in your life? For the older brother, this is an easier position because visibly, outwardly, society really celebrates this. They celebrate the younger brother in one way, but we all kind of resent the younger brother because he just doesn't seem to have any responsibility, can just do what he wants while we've got to go to work. Now, society looks at the older brother and says, yeah, right on. You're right. You're good. You're the good one. And we need to really examine that and cut through that and ask ourselves, if I'm an older brother, what are the things I've done? What are the characteristic traits from the older brother that are applying to me? And how should I reflect on that? Where do I feel like I deserve things just because of my behavior? Ultimately, this comes down to humility. Humility cures a lot of things. And if we can be humble enough to examine our life and, and raise up these points, the Lord will help us 
deal with them. And then we can move forward more towards beloved sonship. And next week, we're going to see the characteristic traits of the father. And that's going to lead us into when we model the father, how that blossoms into beloved sonship, because neither of these boys are modeling the behavior that their father is laying out for them. Amen to that, Jay. So listeners, the verse, if you're looking for a verse this week to reflect on is Psalm 19, 12 through 14. And let it be your daily prayer just in all we've spoken of. But who can discern their own errors, forgiven my hidden faults? Keep your servant also from willful sin. May they not rule over me, then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May these words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, my Lord, my rock, my redeemer. Have a great week, listeners. We'll be praying for you. We'll see you next week.